0: Damien Oliver's going to have to wait till tomorrow morning to find out whether his Melbourne Cup ride, Alan Kerr, will be past fit to run. Uh, Alan Kerr still showing signs of soreness in the near uh, forefoot as a result of, uh, of the stone bruise, according to trainer Mike Moroney, who first reported the six-year-old's injury on Sunday. And the great man himself, Jared preparing for hopefully his 32nd Melbourne Cup, the three-time winner mm. and probably our greatest ever. Damien Oliver's with us. Well, let's get him on the line. Welcome to you, Ollie.
1: G'day, Jared and Sam. How are you doing? We're going really well and uh, great to see you getting a, a couple of wins uh, on your last uh, spring carnival here in Melbourne. But it's all about tomorrow, yeah. obviously. And uh, what's the latest?
2: Uh, yeah, I just spoke to Mike Moroney, um, the trainer, you know, an hour or two ago, and he's... Um, He's quietly confident the horse is going to get there. He said that the horse is improving um, from this morning to this afternoon. And um, if he continues on that um, trajectory, that he's, he's, he's hopeful that he's going to get there tomorrow. But they'll wait till sort of 7, 7.30, give him to the last minute um, up until scratching time. But, it's, of course, it's in the hands of the vets. But, yep. um, you know, with stone bruises, they can... They can heal, you know, in you know hours and days. So it's just a matter of the timing whether he's got enough time to to come good before tomorrow.
1: Do they have the old treatment every hour, as you hear in uh, finals time for footballers, Oli, or is it just uh, heal naturally?
2: Yeah, they do actually. They they put they put is called poultices on the feet. Yep. They cover the feet up, and they also um, I, he's been getting iced, um, you know, by the hour. I, I, Mike said as well so he's responding to it so it's just a matter of it can it can continue to improve enough in, in time
1: Only a couple of days left for uh, your final spring carnival here in Melbourne How are you feeling about it all?
2: I'm feeling pretty relaxed actually yeah. I'll probably feel a little bit sad um, on the final day I reckon on Saturday when yeah. it's all over um, but yeah I've, I have really enjoyed Saturday really relaxed about um, tomorrow and um, yeah I've got some probably my better rides are probably not so much tomorrow, but Thursday and, and Saturday as we um finish off the carnival.
1: You're not thinking you've pulled the whip or hung the whip up too early?
2: <clears throat> oh you know like I'd probably rather go out with a little bit less in the tank than yep. than go too late, if you know what I mean. Um, body is starting to feel it a little bit. Um and it's just getting harder at fifty one to sort of get yourself up and the and the workload that's required to, to to um compete at the level that I want to. Um, it's getting a bit harder and harder. And with so much racing, it's it's day and night. You know, yep. there's a lot of night racing. There's the mornings as well. And at some time, you just got to say, you know, you've, uh, you've had a good career and, you know, you, I still want to go out on a high level. Um, so, yeah, I just didn't want to just keep on doing it for the sake of doing it.
0: Ollie, when your name gets brought up now, it's about you know, is Damien Oliver the greatest we've ever had? And I know that's not something that you'll want to weigh in on, and you're more than welcome to, but is legacy something that's important to you? And and if you were to think about what you reckon your legacy is that you're, you're going to leave on racing, what do you think it is?
2: Um, well, look, it's probably more for others to judge than me, but um, I just think being able to stay at the top for, you know, I, well, I started in an 88, and um, so pretty much in the 90s to, now I've you know that's sort of what four decades I've been able to say compete at a high level so that's the most thing I'm proud of what I've been able to do and um, you know but for other people to reflect on more so than me when I when I'm sitting back and next year and I've got the feet up and having a beer I could say that I I didn't I left didn't leave any um, stone unturned I, I think i got pretty much the best out of myself that I could
0: Jared's opener of the show was fantastic speaking about Melbourne Cups gone by and the place that it holds not just in the racing calendar, but in the sporting calendar overall, not just in Australia, but um, a- abroad. For you, with your, your your three that you've won, is there one that's a little bit more special to you than the others? What's your most fond Melbourne Cup memory?
2: Oh, they're all very special. Um, my first one, of course, in 95 in Doremus. Um, as a 23-year-old, that sort of just, you know, dream come true. And then, obviously, 2002, Media Puzzle was um, a wonderful tribute to my brother losing him in the week leading up to it, but obviously really sad occasion. That it was harder to enjoy that one. And then winning on 2013 on Fiorento was was amazing too, you know. So for Gay Waterhouse, so they're all pretty special.
1: What times it start for you tomorrow morning?
2: Um, yeah, I've actually got to go and gallop um, a horse called Jewess in the morning at six o'clock at Flemington. So I'll go and do that, and um, then I'll come back home and lose a bit of weight in the sauna and, and head off to the track about. Um, Nine, nine twenty, nine
1: thirty tomorrow. So, you what's your playing weight right now?
2: Um, I was about fifty six today, okay. and I've got about like fifty five tomorrow, so about a kilo to lose. I just had a bit of fish and salad to dinner, and I'm about to jump in the sauna again soon.
1: Okay, so uh, this time next year, when you're uh, you're lining up, you've just come back from Indonesia. What, what, what's your what's your surfing weight going to be? What would you like it to be when you're fifty three, fifty five?
2: Uh, I reckon a. It could be about 10 kilos heavier probably between 60 and 65 kilos i reckon
1: which just goes to show uh how much of a sacrifice it's been uh, all these years keeping that 10 kilos off
2: yeah well it's not just me most jockeys are, are underweight um you know it's it's actually a pretty healthy lifestyle you got to yeah. keep yourself pretty fit aerobically fit and eat eat pretty healthy but um it's it's hard to sustain all year round you do need to have a little break from it now and again and um yeah, but I something I'll I'll I look forward to keeping reasonably fit, but probably, as I said, you know, 10 kilos heavier next year.
1: I know you surf a lot. I know you play a lot of golf, at least you used to. Uh, whether yeah, you're still you're doing, I, I'm not sure. But what, what else do you do to keep fit? Are you a runner or are you a swimmer?
2: Yeah, not really. I've been having a bit of hip trouble lately, and um, I've had a few hip operations over the years. Yeah, and, um, yeah so I don't really like running too much. Um, I've, I've just it's been more about recovery for me. Riding okay. has kept me pretty fit over the last years as I've got older and just more recovery, walk, walking the dog down for a swim or a little bit of boxing, that sort of thing. There's not so much um, so much impact. But I'm actually hoping that the body does settle down a little bit, you know, once I'm not riding so much um, next year and, you know, I can become a bit more active um, sort of off the track. I've just been more relying on relying on riding the horses, keeping me more fit at this stage.
1: What would your heart rate get up to in a race? <clears throat>
2: I think it's changed a little bit as I've got older. your heart rate probably doesn't get quite as high, um, mm. but you know I think um, back when I was younger, you could quite easily get it up to like one eighty. Okay. Um, no problem. Sure. yeah, but um, it is obviously it's pretty um strenuous because it's not a just not also, also the um the aerobical fitness of it, but also the um the adrenaline rush that gets you going as well.
0: Mm. Uh, Ollie, what's the biggest change in your career? throughout the industry that you think stands out first and foremost and it'll be a two-parter because I want to ask you about what sort of to come in the next big evolution for horse racing but in your time what's the most significant change that you think that's occurred in, in racing
2: um look I think probably the amount of racing we have so you know when I started it um you know it was probably four or five days a week um and now it's seven days a week and probably three or four nights a week as well so it's, it's twenty four seven, just the amount of racing and, and the expectations on the participants, not only jockeys, trainers, all staff and everything, um, is is quite extreme at times and uh, especially the hours you have gotta to do too with the early mornings and then, you know, some people can be up at, you know, three or four in the morning and still going at, you know, ten or eleven at night. So that's that's the most um, the biggest change that I think I've seen.
0: And what's the biggest challenge to come in, in the nearer years for racing, the next big evolution, the next big hill to climb? Mm,
2: that's a good question. Um, it's difficult to say. I think probably managing those workloads and probably um, you know people not getting burnt out from that. Um, and, uh, oh, look, the prize money's still really healthy and strong. It's, it's you know, the envy of the world, I think, the, the prize money that we have here in Australia. Um, so that side of it's pretty strong. It's just hopefully that we can sustain that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting the the way the the sport has uh, evolved, and we were talking about Dermot Weld and uh, Vintage Crop in in '93. Uh, did, did did you ever see that coming? That all of a sudden the, the internationals would uh, almost dominate uh, the race over the last three decades.
2: Yeah, I did see it coming. I've ridden a lot of internationals over the years, yep. and and just purely their their um. Their stayers are, are better than ours. That they breed for staying over there. We, our breeding industry is set up more on sprinters and milers and um, you know, and the quick return of two-year-old kind of racing, whereas mm. their, their racing is more geared around the stayers. So it's a bit unusual. That, I mean, our prize money is pretty strong across the board, but we do have a huge amount of prize money for our cups and cocks plates, yet our, our breeding industry isn't really geared towards it.
1: Do you think that'll change? Or are we just happy to uh, go over to New Zealand or to to Ireland or wherever around the round Europe to to pick them up? And do you think that the racing authorities should encourage that to change by having having more cups uh, that rely on stayers?
2: Yeah, I can't see it changing too much. Um, I think um, because a lot of owners are now going over to buy horses in Europe and France and yeah. and that to to for the Melbourne Cup and. I think because of our, our racing, is sort of our, our, all our stallions are, are more sprinter types, um, and also the Asian market where a lot of their, um, you know, Hong Kong, not so much Singapore now, but their horses um, are bought from Australia and New Zealand for that type of racing as well. So if they don't hit the mark here, there's also an opportunity for them to be sold um, throughout Asia as well.
1: Would you like to get into breeding? Would you like to be an owner? And if you were an owner, what were the things you wouldn't tell the jockey to do? <laughs>
2: Um, yeah I wouldn't mind I definitely want to stay involved in racing and yeah yeah, I would be an owner Um, probably it's not cheap to buy a racehorse or own a racehorse for that matter. But if you go into a syndicate, it's a lot of fun. And I certainly would be interested to stay involved. Um, As far as the jockeys go, I think you you pay someone to a job, they should know what they're doing. So less instructions, the better.
0: (laughs) So, Ollie, we've got to let you go in a second. But if you were an owner and you did have your pick of every jockey out there, because if it was uh, the other way around, I'm sure most would pick (laughs) you. But if you were the owner and you had to pick a jockey to ride your horse, who would you be picking up the phone to ring? Who do you love watching ride?
2: Um, oh, look, we've got so many to choose from. Um, a couple I like going around at the moment, probably um, Damien Lane and Mark Zara. I think they're a couple at the top of their game, but there is, um, you know, James McDonald's obviously doing great. Um, you know, we've got some great jockeys here. Ryan Moore's here as well, and Joe Moreira, We've got some wonderful jockeys. There's a lot of depth in our jockeys here at the moment, but probably those two I'd probably would be a couple at the top of my um, choices.
1: And uh, you've got a few rides tomorrow beginning in uh, the second race what's your, What's the one you like the most?
2: Um, I actually think I've got an each-way chance on the last on Bermadez. He's probably, um, I think he's good value uh, in the last. And um, perhaps Prince Joffre has got a chance in race six as well.
1: Well, Ollie, you've only missed a couple uh, of Melbourne Cups runs since your first all those years ago. But uh, you've been uh, such a star in our world, in our sporting world for so long. Uh, we're going to miss you, but uh, make sure you enjoy your final Melbourne Cup Day, uh, whatever it entails tomorrow, and, uh, and good luck. And uh, that, that lined up spot at Winky's still available for you when you finally get back in the water.
2: Thanks, Gerard. Look forward to it, mate. All the best.